Much of our world is about that fairy tale ending. And while that's cute and all, real love is way more complicated. Yes, it's imperfect, but beautiful, and worth more than some fairy tale. This is the Project Real Love Podcast, where myths are dispelled and you are equipped to find that imperfect but perfect love. Here's your host, Pink Girl Teaches. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Project Real Life Podcast. On this episode, I have Sean Dustin. He is host of the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. If you would like to get in touch with Sean, you can find his information in the description notes. Enjoy. I just, I feel like monogamy in itself is just an unnatural thing. Um, we're, we're hardwired biologically to do certain things you know what i mean procreate is one of them um if you look in all the the different um like apex predators uh you know lions um tigers all of those those um i don't know uh types of male in those communities of animals all the the uh what do they call those the the alphas they sleep with the whole the whole group. They sleep with all the women, right? Well, yeah. we're not a whole lot. We're not a whole lot different, all right. And this this monogamy is a construct. It was a construct that was created a long time ago because of whatever reasons. I mean, I get it. Like if you go and you look at the bonobo ape, or it, it's an ape, right? The bonobo. Um, you know, they're they sleep with everybody in their community. I mean, they're all playing around with each other and, and doing things, right? Well, that is our closest relative that we are, are related to in that, um, in, as in a primate, right? So, uh, I mean, biology plays a big role in everything that we do. I mean, because like I said, we're hardwired to do certain things. I mean, of course, um, uh, environment plays a big part in, in, in how we are, but the basic structure of our dna and our genetics is to do one thing and i consider myself an alpha so i you know i don't know i just i have a hard time i just have a hard time uh, i feel with monogamy in itself not like like i cannot cheat on somebody but if i'm not getting something out of out of that relationship that i need like for me it's um uh, the things that I search for when I jump online, it, like let's just put in my last relationship. So I wasn't getting my ego stroke the way that I needed to. So I would just jump online and start, you know, hop on dating apps and getting it filled that way. And then whenever it got close to the point where, you know, this, these girls or these women were wanting to, to meet up, then I would like ghost them because I mean, what am I going to do? try to explain to you that, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. I'm cheating on sort of cheating on my, on my girl. And, and are you down? You know what I mean? It just, I just never wanted to, I just didn't, that wasn't what I was in it for. Okay. So I I kind of do understand what you were saying. You're actually bringing some things to clarity for me. Um, 
you said there were certain things like your ego not being stroked um, that were not being met in the relationship. But you know what I think is like, if we're able to understand each other's love language, then it really, you know, really shouldn't be a problem. So is it a case where like, if you're, if she knew your love languages, would it make any difference if she was providing all those needs? Does it just take away the need to not want to be out there like that? Or do you continue to feel like maybe there's something else out there that's better than this? Well, well I think there's a lot of, I mean, if you, if in this particular relationship, the last one that I was in, um, I mean, I've been in five or six failed, I think five failed relationships. They were all about five years. This last one was six. All of them, I pretty much felt like I got in for the wrong reasons. This one as kind of as well. I mean, I didn't, so she fit everything that I needed to, for her to fit on paper, financially, uh, job wise, um, everything except for what I'm usually attracted to physically. And, um, you know, she wasn't that, and she had, she had the beginnings of something that could work out to be that. And if, you know, she, you know, worked out or, or whatever, um, that probably would have been possible, but you know, hindsight's always 2020 when I, when I look back at it, that's just a horrible way to have gone about it because what I really essentially was doing was getting in a relationship based on a, um, a, something that could be not something that was does that make sense absolutely so the idea so the, i i was i was i was getting involved in the idea of what i thought i could change you into and that when it doesn't happen because that's what this whole thing is hinging on you know that i would ride or hey you're gonna go to the gym you're gonna do you know what i mean you're gonna are you going to conform to what I need you to conform to in order for me to be able to love you the way that you need to be loved? And it just, it was just a horrible way to go about doing things. And so, I mean, I learned quite a bit from that. I totally understand what you're saying here. And, you know, I think that maybe like from a women's perspective, I think that's the mistake or, you know, that's where we may be blindsided in, you know, in relationships because I feel like if a man, let's just say, for example, is a breast man, he's going to be attracted to women with breasts. And, you know, if you are a more curvy woman, that's what he's, you know, and you, you know, um, some men are more attracted to that. And I think, you know, for me, it's just like looking at their past history to see who have they been with. Sometimes it tends to be a pattern of the same type of woman. And so, you know, for me, once I kind of saw one person's, um, previous in fact he had been married twice once I saw his previous wives and saw their pictures I kind of felt like you know what maybe this is why he's sort of backing away from me because I'm a curvy girl and they were like pencil thin is that the type of thing that you're re you're referring to um yeah, yeah sort of I mean I don't mind curves um you know what I mean it's it's not I like I mean thick is is good but there there's definitely a difference between thick and overweight okay and and you know it's and it's not and it wasn't really so much i don't know there were just a lot of things that that just 
other stuff that had happened that that kind of turned me off on the type of person that she was and it, it once once that once i felt that way I, it was really hard for me to go back i mean we tried three different times to to um to make things work and it just didn't and then you know we fought a lot um you know i was constantly being accused of being a narcissist and i in my opinion that was, I, it was i felt like she was just projecting that onto me you know what i mean her narcissism and like i have empathy when i do things wrong when i treat people badly mm-hmm. when you know because in relationships you know how that goes you know you know the person's buttons you know what you're going to be able to say to hurt them deeply um you know whether it's in their looks whether it's whatever issues that they're dealing with their core issues and you you know it's like taking the knife and sticking it in them and and turning we all know how to do that to our significant other right absolutely and so you know it there was just a lot of that and uh you know it just i would feel bad when i would do that like like really bad you know like fuck man damn it i did it again and it, you know, and it just, it would weigh on me. And I believe that on the other on the other side, never, never, ever, any kind of empathy whatsoever about any of the shit that that you know she was put you know projecting onto me, and never took responsibility for anything. Always you know said it was my fault. Would try to make me feel like I'm the crazy person. And it was just, I, I don't know if you've ever been with somebody who's a narcissist oh, and yes, I they have. play those, they play those mind games with you that make you feel like you're crazy they and then you second guess everything. That. Yeah. They're projecting yeah. on you and gaslighting you. Exactly. You oh. know what I mean? And it's almost, and, and, and even, and it's crazy because it, it even happens now. It's like, she can't be with me. But what she'll do is she'll she'll purposely engage in in like negative stuff because as long as she has me interacting with her, she still feels like she has me. Oh, you know, and that's that's something that narcissists do. And if you don't go no contact, this will carry on for years and years. Um, she is going to constantly try to bait you in just so that she can argue with you and fuss with you. And um, also, you know, just to project how she's feeling because really the narcissists get off on, you know, um, just transferring their low self-esteem and their self-hate onto you. They feel good about that. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And I mean, it really, it actually had me feeling like, oh, maybe I am a narcissist. And I started, I started diving in and, and actually looking into it. And I, what is a narcissist? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you're calling me this shit. And everybody calls Donald Trump one. And I, but what is one? And am I, am I one? And so, I, I mean, I really took it seriously because I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, I'm a self-centered person, I, you know, and I, and I do, I used to be a manipulator. I think I, I was, you know, back when I was using and I was uh, a drug addict and selling drugs and, and, and living in that whole, that whole lifestyle. Um, yeah, I probably was to a certain extent, but I mean, I've never had that, that one thing that, that made me, you know, that would have made me, 
uh, a sociopath. You know, you know what I mean? The empathy part. Oh. I've always had that. Yeah. And that's... and so that. Sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. And I was like, and I feel like that's the only thing that has saved me from actually crossing over into that over, over the line. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it keeps, it kept me from, from being ruthless. If yes. that makes sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. That's the one thing that is common between the narcissist, the sociopath and the psychopath. They all lack empathy. All of them lack empathy. But, you know, it is, you know, we all, we all, every person alive on earth, all however many billion, like seven point something billion of us, we all have narcissistic traits, but we just don't have them all working together, you know, because I know for me, <laughs> I, I know what mine are, you know, but it's not enough to make me a narcissist. And just like you're saying, it's also not enough to make you one either. And that's one thing I do feel like sometimes these narcissists actually really do know who they are and what they do. And that's why they, you find them projecting that and calling you the narcissist. Yeah. Here's a, here's a funny thing. So what, what actually started all the problems in the beginning is like I was married to begin with. Right. And then I was taking a long time to get divorced and we were living to, well, we were living separate. And she'd convinced me to move into her house. Um, in my opinion, she just wanted me to do that so it would I could pay half the, or part of the rent. Um, and then so, I mean, we never really got along, got along. You know what I mean? Because it was all based on on my stupidness. So, I mean, part of this is all my fault because if I had never gone about getting involved with this person when I knew that I that she wasn't my my particular body type or what I'm, what I'm attracted to. I mean, that's 100% my fault, you know? And, but, you know, she got me to um, move to, you know, a half an hour or 45 minutes more to my commute. And so I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to be doing that, I, I don't, I'm not going out there for nothing. You know what I mean? We need, if we're, if you're going to buy a new house, then, we're going to need to do this together. And she was like, well, you know, you're, you're still married and I don't, you know, you're, you're ex, which is bullshit. You know what I mean? She knew that she didn't want me on that house to begin with. All she wanted me to do was go out there and she tried to get me to pay half. And I'm like, you're crazy. I'm not paying half of anything. You know <laughs> what I mean? On a $3,600 a month mortgage, I'm not paying half of that and not be protected. I mean, and you know, and so she was like, well, you're not going to put any money into the backyard or to this or to that. And I'm like, until my name's on this house, you're not getting shit other than the $1,200, which is way more than I should be paying to rent a room and, you know, half of the utilities and everything else. So it ended up being like maybe 1800 that I was paying to live here. And this went on for a long time. And, you know, she refinanced the house. I got divorced and she never she didn't even tell me about it. So she had never intended on putting me anywhere near that house. You know what I mean? And, and the guy that she was married to before she, he had a, a, you know, he didn't get anything when they got divorced and he was paying towards, towards her mortgage. So I mean, she's got 50,000 that she got out of me for her mortgage. And then whatever this guy's given her, 
and she's constantly crying about my equity, my equity. The dude, your equity was on that on somebody else's back. Interesting. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it, and it, but it was she would she would present it in a way that would make me look crazy, like for even thinking that I deserved anything. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, dude, I way overpaid you because I mean, if like where I'm living now is is five minutes down the road in a nice ass area, nicer house than hers. I was paying $1,200 a month there and I'm paying 560 here. Granted it's my friend, but I mean, still, you know what I mean? It's like, come on. And unfortunately I'm stuck with her because I have a, we have a daughter together. So, and we're co-parenting, which is. How is the co-parenting going? If you know, she has, those type of traits how do you handle parenting with her it's difficult you know because i live five minutes away and so here's the here's the setup i come home pick her up from daycare at three o'clock which is two doors down from her house when she's we're pretty we were pretty lucky when we were living there um both of her babysitters live literally one's three doors down the other one is is two one's licensed and one's not um fuck her up at three bring her back to my place. Um, she picks her up at between either five or six or I drop her off. So I'm seeing her all the time. I have a key to her house. I have to go into her house to get her stuff. I mean, I really want to, uh, you know, we're, we're domestic partners just for, um, for, uh, we didn't get married. We just went domestic partnership for insurance reasons because I have her on my insurance and my daughter too. Um, and so, I don't know. It's it's really it, it is actually really difficult. I want to get a mediator and get this thing just split up. Get, you know what I mean? Uh, hard lines as to, you know, visitation, everything else. Because right now, she just what she's doing is she's just floating. So, oh, this weekend I need uh you know whatever. Oh, okay. Uh, can you? You know what I mean? And it's all in an attempt to keep me from being able to take off for a weekend with somebody else or anything else that I could, because I can't, I can't, I can't uh, plan anything. And when, and when I say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to do something, then what ends up getting thrown in my face is, Oh, you're just going to, you don't care about your daughter. You know what I mean? Using that kind of guilt to, to steer me back the way that she needs me to be. Absolutely. So the manipulation carries on that way. Yup. Yeah. And it's very, it's very difficult. I mean, I, I mean, I, I have anger issues and half the time I just want to beat the shit out of her. Literally. Yeah. Don't do that. And that was, no, no, no. But, but that was part of the problem too. You know what I mean? Because when you're dealing with somebody like that, I was reacting to her most of the time because most of, I, most of the time I'm just, I'm minding my own business. I don't, I don't want to deal with you. You know what I mean? You just get out of my face. I don't, I'm not looking for problems with you. And you know, she would just know how to you know, push my buttons and get me to, to react to her. And that's what actually was a straw that broke the camel's back is my daughter. So like I was, you know, and I, and I'm pretty open about this in my own podcast and, you know, my first episode and, you know, what I talk about, I was a dick to her, you know what I mean? When, after all of that happened and I felt like she, you know, was, was getting over on me financially, one thing to get over on somebody, but to, 
to knowingly try to fleece somebody out of their hard-earned money, to me, that's despicable. And I, I, just, I just lost all respect for her. And so it was very difficult for me to, to like even want to engage with her, want to have sex with her, want to touch her, want to talk to her, want to like without just like curling my lip up and going, ah, you make me sick. And so, um, you know, I, I would just start, I started like bullying her a little bit, pushing, I never hit her, but it doesn't matter. The behaviors that I was uh, displaying were not right. And so, uh, one day we were fighting and my daughter was behind us and I, she disappeared and I went around, you know, the house to look for her and she was in the furthest part of the house hiding. Oh. And I went, yeah, I went through this growing up when I was a kid. My, my, uh, I grew up in a, an abusive household. My dad was an alcoholic. He was a cop and you know, my, my brother and sister would rush me off to the closet and start singing to me whenever they'd start fighting. And so the only thing I could think of was like, God, I wonder if this is how I, if this was me, you know, and that was it. I'm like, no, you know, there, she's not going to grow up thinking that this is the way that normal yeah. relationships are supposed to be because yeah. it's not. No, it's not. She needs to see a different perspective. Even if you're just having a healthy relationship away from each other, then that's really, you know, then that's just that's, what you that's not even happening. So, yeah, and that's not even happening. Because every time we get together, she's just so angry that that um, so here so let's here's a let, let's here's a scenario that happened recently. So I've, I've moved on. Like I'm I'm not in a relationship, but I'm pretty open about what my what what I want from somebody, and if they're willing to to deal with that, then cool. Um, I'm not emotionally available, so if whoever I'm hanging out with. If you want to be friends with benefits, if you want to, you know, this just to be purely sex, that's fine. I'm good with that. If you're good with that and you can handle that, then that's even better. But if not, you're not going to change me. So, you know, and I'm pretty, I'm open about it, which that's what you need to be, right? That's what people do. Don't, really don't lie about what you're open about that. Uh, and that still doesn't work sometimes. Well, here, let me, let me, let me, let me just say this to you, though. Um, I don't know if women can truly be friends with benefits. I think initially they may say that they're okay with it, but over time, and for some people, it's not even a matter of, of over time. It could be the first thing, you know, the first few times. And what, what happens is though with women, when we actually are intimate, our bodies release a hormone called oxytocin. Now, this is the love hormone. It's also known as the, you know, the cuddle drug. And it's released within women. And that kind of makes us, you know, form an attachment prematurely or even fall in love prematurely or think we're in love because that is actually a chemical change that happens in our bodies and it's released. And then on the flip side, men don't have that release. So I think going back to what you said earlier, I do feel like, you know, it's because men, you know, you can have babies all through the year. I mean, like you can engage in intercourse and, you know, and, and, you know, impregnate many multiple women during the course of one year. 
But when it comes to us women, our bodies are constantly seeking to, you know, to reproduce and carry life. And so that, you know, and so I think it slows us down somewhat so that we, you know, we get into, we get into the process or into the mode of, you know, bringing forth life. And so I kind of feel like that's how that oxytocin does play a part, um, you know, and that's why I just feel like, you know, um, I don't know, friends with benefits, I, I just don't see how it works. You know, I've never heard, and that's maybe because, you know, my circle might be limited or my sphere of influence is limited, but I've never heard of it really being successful where eventually she doesn't form feelings. But, you know, you did say earlier that monogamy does not necessarily feel natural. And I kind of feel like, you know, that's probably why, because if men had oxytocin or something similar to it, maybe that would, you know, change your perspective or just the male perspective in general when it comes to sex. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, I, I, you know, it's like with the person that I'm involved in now, it's, it's, you know, she's having a hard time with it, you know, because the, you know, just, just because it's just different. I'm not there, you know, and I don't like, I don't text hardly at all. And, you know, it's usually you know, with all the podcasting and everything else. I mean, I, I got a pretty full schedule, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, it's just kind of like, all right, well, you know, it's nine o'clock. Are you, you know, you available to come over or, you know, and I think that honestly, paying a professional is probably not a bad idea. <sighs> if, if no, seriously, I mean, if that's what you're, if that's all you want from somebody, you're paying them for a service. That's it. And, you know, they're not going to call you. They're not going to call you. They're not going to bother you. And you can call them whenever you want. And they'll be at your beck and call and it not be like, oh, you're using me or, you know, yeah, I came over. I enjoyed myself. But now as I'm leaving, I feel cheap. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's all it is. Yeah. So like at any point, do you feel like, you know, because she's developed feelings, obviously, do you ever feel like, you know, maybe it's time to cut, you know, to cut the string so that, you know, it doesn't go any further because that would further, um, you know, cause her pain or, you know, the inability to move forward. It might just also leave her jaded afterwards. Yeah. Well, I was kind of thinking about that. Um, Like, well, just in general, I'm like, all right, well, dude, you've got, you know, multiple, I mean, if you look at my Google calendar, man, that thing is just jam packed. I mean, I work uh, 12 hours of my 11 to 12 hours of my day is consumed from six to two or six to three, or actually I wake up at three thirty-four. So from that point to three o'clock in the afternoon and into six, I'm pretty much consumed unless I got, you know, something going on or, or something planned with my union or, 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 but I mean, all my time is pretty much filled up. So I think I'm just at a point where I need to choose what is more important to me is getting laid more important than, you know, trying to achieve these goals and and this, this, um, achieve what I, what I'm trying to build here. And I, you know, relationship sex, all of this stuff is a distraction. And I, I, I really think that I probably should just, you know ease off of of everybody until until i'm available no i understand that that might not be a bad idea you know but i mean i'm I'm the kind of guy 
guy that I have to come to these conclusions on my own. Anybody can tell me a million different things, but in the end, it, it's basically, you know, how, how do, you know, it, I'm affecting somebody, I'm getting what I want, you know, and they're getting what they want too, to an extent. Um, so yeah, I just, I just think it's just, it might end up being just better, uh, to, to not do that. I mean, it's not helping on, on the other side too, because she had, uh, um, she had snuck up behind me and was reading and, and I was reading an email from this individual and somehow she had put in two to two together because this person left a, uh, uh, somehow she, she figured out who this person was oh. and she jumped on to, yeah. And she jumped onto, uh, uh, Facebook immediately searched her founder and was going to send her a message. And I'm like, dude, I'm a narcissist. You think I'm a piece of shit. I'm a loser. I'm all of these things, but yet you're, why would you even can, why would you even care? Like, I don't care who you're, if you're seeing somebody, I don't care if you're, if you're getting nailed by four different guys, you know what I mean? As long as you're taking care of our kid and you're not putting her in jeopardy, I can care less what you do outside of that, you know? And, 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 but you, you're just, you're stalking me on my, on my uh, podcast. You're stalking me <laughs> on all these different areas. You know what I mean? And it's Absolutely. like, and if I'm that, you know, and it's like, dude, I, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, yeah. I mean, so here, here's the deal. Like I had, I had, a, I was on easy street there where I was living. All right. I had a nice house, my dogs, everything. I mean, anything I could have possibly wanted. We go on vacations every year to, you know, Maui here, there. I mean, life was good. We both had great income. So, I mean, we had a lot of expendable income to go do things. I chose to walk away from that because my, my happiness and my, my mental health was worth way more than all of those things. You know what I mean? So I shrunk my life down. I moved into a room and you know what I mean? I, I don't have a whole lot to show for it and I'm trying to, to better myself. And so here's another thing too, which, which really kind of was a nail in the coffin for, for the whole narcissist thing. So when I'm with somebody and they have aspirations or dreams or whatever it is that you think you're going to, that you want to do, I encourage it. You know what I mean? I'll be your biggest supporter. Hey man, you know, can I do anything to help? You got this, man. You're going to make a great, whatever it is you're trying to do. You know what I mean? You encourage people. You're trying to, to, to be a positive support for them to, yeah. you know what I mean? Cause not everybody's doing what they want to be doing. I mean, the job that I'm doing right now, I don't like it that much at all. I like the money, but it, there, there's no, um, there's no satisfaction in it whatsoever for me, aside from the, the monetary gain. So like this whole podcasting thing, uh, you know, I was been planning it for a year. I always, every time I had, I would bring something up like that. She would always shoot me down. Like quit dreaming. You know what I mean? You're being ridiculous. You have a job. Why are you, you know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like she was, I feel like she was doing that as another form of control. Cause maybe if I do do start doing podcasting that now I'll be meeting more people and maybe I'll meet somebody who's not as controlling as her or does that make sense? 
It totally does. I feel like, you know, they do that to project their insecurities because she would probably like to step out and do something, you know, something great too, but she doesn't for whatever reason. Maybe she lacks the confidence to do it or just the know-how. And so they go ahead and project their feelings again. Yeah. And it's too bad because she really is a, 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 you know, like we made, we would make good friends but just not, you know what I mean? It just, the romantic part of it just wasn't there for me. And like I said, I take full responsibility for, for putting myself into that situation um, and not, not following through with something that wasn't in my wheelhouse to begin with. You kind of see the red flags ahead of time too, because with me, I also had to say, you know what, I'm going to just take responsibility for being in the situation, looked at myself and said, you know, why were you okay with it? And, you know, just try to learn from it and not make that mistake again. Yeah. And and then, you know, the anger stuff and all of these other things that, that were coming up. I mean, these are all unresolved things from years ago. I mean, just because I quit doing drugs and, you know, hardcore drugs, you know, 10 years ago, whatever it was. And, you know, there's all these unresolved things that end up manifesting in other parts of our li- my life. Yeah. And so I'm just sort of, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm really, this, this passion project I'm on right now is more of, of trying to fix myself and, and be a better person and, you know, kind of help everybody else along the way you know, cause I'm an open book. I'm pretty honest about everything that I'm going through. I mean, if you listen to any of my podcasts, um, you know, the first episode, uh, it definitely just kind of breaks all that down. I don't get to any of the, like the blame or the narcissism or anything like that. Cause I just, I know she was listening to my, to all my stuff. So I didn't want to really throw her under the bus like that out in public. Yeah. Like on this one, I doubt I, I you know, they're, I'm not going to promote any promote this on, on mine because <clears throat> the first thing she's going to do is run over here and, and, and that's just going to create some problems. But I mean, it's definitely something that I needed to talk about. And I think other people need to be aware of because there are quite a few of these type of people out there. Oh, absolutely. They really are out there. And, um, you know, uh, when people don't know what the signs are or what they're experiencing, they just, you know, you just become confused or you just don't know. Like with me, I didn't know he was a narcissist until it was over. And he definitely does stalk my social media. He definitely does stalk my podcast. And <laughs> he even tries to, you know, um, send emails to, you know, to say, what were you talking about? But I ignore all of that. I don't, you know, I'm not going to block him. That's his, you know, he likes to, to play the whole blockbuster game with me, block, unblock, block, unblock. And he's the type that will like actually notify me like, hey, I'm about to block you. And I'm thinking like I care, like I've never from the from the moment we ended, I have never visited his social media and I have no desire to whatsoever. And, you know, so you have to know your your limits and your boundaries. Oh, yeah, nothing. She was stalking all my uh, all my. My uh, uh, dating app profile. Oh my god! Yeah, like I was, I was on five or six, uh, or seven different different dating apps, and I think she hit me on on four of them. And I'm like, what are you doing? 
why why are you why are you why are you here <laughs> well, dude, it's like the only thing that i could even compare that to that's like you know like i know you're getting screwed in the next room and i just want to hang out and fucking listen you know what i mean it's like what that's crazy yeah that's how they are though that's how they are you know it's mm-hmm. like you are always an extension to them and so they feel like they always have rights to you and especially when you have something tangible like a child mm-hmm. so that oh, just yeah. the whole dynamic yeah and that, that's just that's too bad too i mean i, I caught her one time and my uh, my roommate actually hurt her because I was on FaceTime and like she was right next to my daughter talking to me on FaceTime. And I, I think I, was, I went to I dropped something I went to pick it up and she's like right there in my daughter's ear. Your dad is such a piece of shit. Oh, no. I'm just like, yeah, but the funny thing is, is that, that somebody else heard that. And it's like, all right, well, I mean, you want to keep, you want to keep making yourself look stupid. Yeah. Just like when she was going to contact this, this girl, I'm like, you're just making yourself look stupid. I mean, you can contact whoever you want. I don't care. It's not going to change anything. I mean, she's not going to stop, uh, you know, talking to me because you decide you want to, you know, go and interfere in in my life. And it's just not going to, it doesn't work that way. You're just, you're making yourself look dumb, not me. And I've already put everything out there. So what are you going to tell? What are you going to say about me? Go to my first episode. You know, every bad thing that I ever did to you is on there. You know, all your gas and all your fire, I just took it away from you. What are you going to do? Absolutely. You know, that's the one thing that I love to do is like just expose the facts myself. And what do you have to come with after that? Absolutely nothing. So you steal their thunder right there. Yep. And it's like, yeah, well, all right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Tell them I'm a piece of shit. Tell them that I, that I bullied you. Tell her that I, you know, did this or did that. And that, everything that you say has already been disclosed. <laughs> yes. Um, I had a question I wanted to ask you. So earlier on, um, just to go back a bit, you said that, you know, you were mentioning, you know, we were talking about the body types. And here's the thing. If a person has this super personality, right? They are just amazing personality wise, but you may not necessarily be attracted to them. And maybe it's the body or maybe it's just something, but every other quality, every other trait, every other characteristic that you want in a partner, are you able to, do you think you could successfully be with that person and feel fulfilled without the desire to actually cheat on them? Simply because there's something about them that you're not attracted to. Um, I don't know, man. I'm, 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 I've always struggled with my weight and I got to a point, like, I think, uh, two years ago, maybe, maybe not all two years, maybe a little, a little shy of that. Um, I saw a picture of myself and I had gotten up to like 262 to almost 270 pounds. And that was the the thing that, that, was that was the straw that broke the camel's back there you know what i mean i was like oh my god i look horrible am i really walking around looking like this and so i made that change myself knocked off 35 pounds got on keto started going to the gym you know got in amazing shape i mean i haven't been to the gym in like two weeks but i mean i you know, i just i kind of 
I fluctuate you know, back and forth. I don't mm-hmm. ever let myself get past a certain point, right? And I just feel like if I'm going to work this hard on my body and make sure that I'm not obese or overweight or disgusting in any way whatsoever, you know, and that's me, not me looking at somebody else, but just how I feel about myself. I don't think it's fair that you get to enjoy that, you know, the fruits of my labor while I got to sit there and, 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 and have that, you know what I mean? It just, it's, it just doesn't seem like a fair trade-off to me. No, I get it. And, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like you too. Like I fluctuate a lot, but for me, you know, it just started with just childhood issues and being an emotional eater as, you know, using that as my mechanism for coping with what was happening. And um, so now, you know, you become an adult and it's like, you see that picture like, yo, what am I doing? Is that really me? And yeah. So I also got, you know, I also got, um, I got busy. I got, you know, I got active in the gym and it's been good. Um, This starting the beginning of this year, actually January 3rd, I started doing keto and I actually prefer it. I, and I, and funny is I've been off the gym for the past two weeks. I go back next week. I just kind of needed a break because of, you know, scheduling and everything, life just being hectic, but I'll go back next week and just continue. But keto has been good. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. It worked for me. I mean, I, I had, I tried to get back into ketosis, uh, a little ways, at, um, like, a, I fell off and then I tried to jump back on and I had a really hard time getting back, getting fat adapted again. So I just kind of like, all right, well, I'll, I'll kind of eat sort of the way that I want to. And, you know, I was intermittent fasting and all that stuff for 16 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, you know, life just ends up happening because you have to, if you're not, if you're not meal prepping and doing all that stuff, then you're really doing yourself a disservice because then, then you're just, especially if you're that busy, yeah. you'll end up at fast food or, you know, something that's not healthy for you or, or falls out of the, the wheelhouse of, of the way that you're trying, trying to eat and trying to live. And so I just found myself, you know, hitting hitting taco bell or you know del taco or whatever it ends up being i mean i like i'm i'm very active in my union and we constantly are you know have meetings and are going out to eat you know and it's just it's it's just a tough thing i mean yeah it's easy you can you know i'm i'm trying not, i'm trying not to make an excuse but um yeah it's just it's sometimes it gets really difficult to be consistent and um I try my hardest and sometimes I, you know, I don't succeed, but like I said, I know where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like when I'm looking in the mirror and I start seeing fat come around my, uh, uh, waist, you know, cause you can see it start coming back when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And, uh, that's kind of I use that visual because I don't I don't use the the scale very often because it's it's deceiving we fluctuate too much up and down. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, looks like we're coming to the end of our of our of this particular episode. Did you have any parting words that you wanted to share, or would you like to share information on your podcast? Um. Yeah, you can. Uh, uh, my podcast is uh, nowhere to go but up 
and that's on you know iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Libsyn, all those. I'll, I'll I'll send you all my links um, via email if you want to put in your show notes. Oh, I definitely will do that. And I actually did listen to you, a couple of your episodes. They're pretty interesting. They are pretty. Interesting. Yeah, the one. Yeah, the one I just yeah. dropped today. You posted one on in the group. Yeah, that one was uh that was one that I just dropped today and that was the one minute uh clip. Mm-hmm. Is that what you and talking about? Um yeah. Yeah. and then I went uh, and I think you, some more because I was intrigued. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm just learning about all of this stuff and how to kind of get more followers on Instagram and how to use how to use these different tools that they have to make, you know, those those type of uh clips there. And like I said, I mean, this is, you know, I've, I've been going for about a month and a, about you know, seven weeks now, and I've got about almost 450 downloads. So I'm, I'm, I think I've got about a hundred listeners almost solid just by looking at the analytics and, and, you know, gauging, okay, well, you know, and it's, it's, it's kind of difficult. It's hard to, to, to figure it out. But my thing with this was, you know, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. I already knew coming in that this would probably be like a five-year plan before this even got anywhere, you know, I mean, any serious yeah. traction unless I just, you know, pulled, pulled a rabbit out of my hat and got lucky and maybe, you know, some, the right person listened to it, shared it. And now all of a sudden I'm, you know, pulling 10,000 an episode. Um, you know, I just, that's not realistic. And, you know, every, there's a lot of people, it's pretty saturated right now, but the great thing is, is we're all connected, right? So you got 700,000 podcasts, right? And if they're doing guests, then now you've got, you know, let's just say half of them are doing guests. So that's 35, 30, you know, 350,000. So there's another 700,000. So now you got close to a million. You know, so there's probably about, a, you know, two to three million people connecting through podcasts on, a, on the regular talking like this which has never happened before. I mean, the, the powers that be are trying to do the very opposite and break us apart and keep us from, from communicating with each other and isolated. Yeah. It's really interesting, you know, and it, it can really be a wonderful thing because podcasts are almost like the new audio books in some ways. Well, I mean, it started out, everything started out in audio, remember? Yeah parents used to listen to video and that's all that there was and you know it came back full circle because now we're we're consuming it again in the same form i mean yeah some people are doing video on youtube and whatnot and that, that's cool too but for me it's a more intimate experience when it's just audio and it's in my head especially if i'm using a bluetooth or or ear earbud yeah. And so I'm not I'm 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 not listening to it passively but I'm 100% engaged in it. To me that's a more intimate experience and I get way more out of it. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much Sean for joining me and for allowing me the opportunity to have this conversation with you. It's been very interesting and I think, you know, a lot of the followers, a lot of my listeners the ladies are going to enjoy just the male's perspective on some of, you know, on things that you have touched, um, things that I really appreciate you saying was just being honest and being open about where you stand as a man and how you feel about monogamy. 
as well as just the fact that you're honest with it, because it's one thing for you to have that perspective, you know, and that viewpoint and, you know, those feelings, but then it's another thing if you're lying to people and, you know, engaging them emotionally, making them feel like, hey, we have something when it's totally the opposite. So I really commend you on that. You know, I love the honesty. And as long as you put it out there, you know, women, we have a way of translating things or feeling that we can make you change your mind down the line. But if it's out there, then it's out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're all learning. We're all here to learn and we're all here to learn from each other. As long as we keep our, you know, minds open and, you know, our hearts open, you know, we can, we can do this, man. I, I you know, things look kind of bleak if you're, if you're looking at social media and, and some of these other things, but I don't know. I think we're, we're in we're living in some of the best times and this is uh, an information movement that's happening. And it's also, it's also, I believe the second age of enlightenment because all of the information that's coming to light, whether it's in politics, whether it's in corporate uh, America. Thank you for listening to the Project Real Love Podcast. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe and share it with a friend. Connect with the host on social media at Pink Girl Teaches. Until next time, remember, this is about real love between real people.